Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio, it's time for the GNFCC 400 Insider. Connect, build, and grow with the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to the Wellstar Chamber Luncheon Series uh, for February. I am Lindsay Petrini. I am the Chief Operating Officer at Wellstar North Fulton Hospital, and I'm also proud to be uh, the 2021 Chairman for the Chamber of Commerce. Thank you all for joining us today for this um, virtual event. Uh, before we get started, I'd like to just spend some time recognizing the sponsors for today. Um, the naming sponsor, of course, being Wellstar. So um, our president, John Paul Krim, is not able to be here today. So I'm going to go ahead and just make a few uh, remarks on behalf of Wellstar and wanted to remind you that this is February and February is heart month. And so while we have been in the midst of a pandemic to remind you that the leading cause of death is heart disease and um, there are different risks and different symptoms um, of heart disease. And just to remind you quickly of what those are. Symptoms of a heart attack for men are most often chest pain, but for women, they can be multiple symptoms, um, including neck, jaw, um, or abdominal discomfort, shortness of breath, arm pain, nausea, sweating, um, dizziness, fatigue, or in some cases, indigestion. Just to remind you to always be thoughtful of those um, symptoms because they could be something a little bit more and also to remind you of the risk factors for heart disease um, inactivity. And we have been sitting here on Zoom and Teams for a year now, and that inactivity has been something that all of us um, have had to work through. So to remember that, um, and also to remember to recognize the importance of your family history. You got your hair color and your eyes and all those things from your parents. You got other things too, including um, your risk factors for certain diseases. So um, just continue to stay healthy and um, be thoughtful of, um, of your health and your heart. So moving on, um, I would also like to uh, recognize our gold sponsor uh, for today's luncheon, which is uh, Select Fulton. And I'd like to ask the deputy director, Samir Abdullahi. I practiced that, Samir, like 10 times. Um, to say a few words today. So, Samir. No problem, Lindsay. I still haven't had a boss that can say my last name. Uh, it's not that intimidating. Happy lucky. But uh, good morning, everyone. Samir Abdullahi, Deputy Director for Select Fulton. We're the economic and workforce development arm for Fulton County government. And so we work with Callie and her team, uh, the cities, the state of Georgia, so Asante and his team, in recruiting great businesses to Fulton County and working with our existing companies represented by great guys like Todd Harris, uh, to continue to grow here in the Metro Atlanta marketplace. Um, um, as a fellow gamer myself, I just wanted to throw out my credentials there. Um, this is definitely a, a, a personal passion of mine and in watching this industry grow and thrive and having leaders like Todd and Asante really take the helm and recognizing not only the importance of the industry, but really anchoring it in Metro Atlanta as a, a real creative destination. Um, and being big cheerleaders, um, that's why I'm personally passionate about um, today's discussion. And that's why we as Fulton County are supporting this discussion. It's important for the region and important industry uh, to help us grow into the future. So thanks for having us um, and enjoy this, the conversation. Thank you, Samir. We really appreciate the development authority of Fulton County and select Fulton's investment in the chamber. It really means 
a lot to us. Um, also want to, as always, thank John Ray, who is on the line with North Fulton Business Radio X for being um, our media sponsor. Um, now on to the program. So it is my pleasure today to introduce our first panelist and moderator of today's program, Asante Bradford. Uh, Asante serves as the project manager for digital entertainment and emerging media for the Georgia Department of Economic Development, uh, which is the sales and marketing arm for the state of Georgia. He helps promote the growth of the digital media industry, as well as identify initiatives that will help grow business for the state of Georgia in interactive entertainment and esports. He also helps educate potential prospects and provides uh, clients with information about Georgia entertainment industry, the uh, Georgia entertainment industry. Incentive Act. Esports is becoming uh, an economic driver for Atlanta with Fortune 500 companies, a thriving tech center, film, TV, and video game tax incentives all playing into the mix. So Georgia Esports is also a sanctioned activity at the local high school level with a focus on STEM exposure. Asante, thank you so much for serving as our moderator today uh, as we learn more about esports and how they uh, help drive the economy in North Fulton. So I will pass it to you. Sure. And thanks, Lindsay. And thank you to Great North Fulton Chamber for first off inviting me and then second off having the foresight to move into this direction. A lot of folks, a lot of stuff's already been happening in North Fulton that we're really, really excited about. But I think the opportunity now with gaming and esports and the whole creative industries it's just really, really exciting for us. So first off, again, thanks for inviting us on and having the foresight for this. And uh, let's get it going. Hey, really excited. So good morning, everybody. And hopefully all over the world and uh, checking in on what's going on in great uh, North Fulton. We're really excited to have you. So it's my pleasure to actually introduce all the other panelists. Um, so first off, I'd like to welcome Todd Harris, who is an accomplished entrepreneur who's been leading video game and esports business for 15 years here in Georgia and, and outside of Georgia and involved with technology product startups for over 25 years now. Todd co-founded High Res Studios, one of the largest game studios in the Southeast and currently founder and CEO of Skillshot Media, a leading esports infrastructure and production company. Todd is also president of our North American Scholastic Esports Federation, which is massive, and co-owner of esports professional team Ghost Gaming. I would also like to welcome Brennan Dicker, a film and television professional with 25 years of experience. Brennan is currently the executive director of the Creative Media Industries Institute at Georgia State University. Uh, before Georgia State, Brennan was a general manager for SIM International Post-Atlanta. Uh, SIM provided, or still does, excuse me, provides production and post-production services for many episodic television series and feature film productions, including Stranger Things, Watchmen, The Gifted, Dynasty, Good Girls, True Detective Season 3, and as well as the blockbuster Get Out. So, what a panel we have. Just really excited to have both of these guys on. We've actually done a panel before, and they, these are these are the heavyweights, man. So we're going to get a lot of information in. So let's get going. Gentlemen, great to have you with us today. Dante, good to see you. Good. Well, let's go ahead and go ahead and get started here with Todd. Um, hey, Todd, why don't you go ahead and with, frame up esports just in general, and then talk about some of the economic effects that it would have and it is having on North Fulton. 
Great. Yeah. Happy to, uh, great to be here. Talk about my favorite topic. Um, you know, what is esports? Um, I feel like more people are aware of it, certainly, um, than five years ago when we started talking about it in North Fulton at, you know, high res studios and, and other companies. But um, just to define it, esports is competitive video games being played at a very high level of skill, often in front of spectators. So it if this is your first esports panel, you go through some disbelief. Why are people watching games instead of playing games? To which I say, why do you watch football instead of play football? It's really the same, except we have fewer injuries. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, it is very big business. So um, we have such a great film and TV business here in Georgia. But gaming, that is the video game industry, it's larger than all of box office movies and all of music put together. So that's kind of the first just level setting for people is it is by far the biggest entertainment industry that is video games. And the fastest growing area of the video game industry is esports. So people watching other people play video games. So nationally, if you watch on a platform like Twitch, which is where most people will watch other people play video games. There's more people watching daily and monthly than are watching ESPN or are watching CNN already. And we're just kind of getting started. So that's the impact. And, and locally here in Georgia, gaming is about a $900 million impact already. Thanks to companies like a high-res studios, like a Blue Mammoth that was acquired by Ubisoft, like a Tripwire. These are all homegrown Georgia companies that are, um, that are making games. Um, so it's very big economically here, and we're just kind of getting started because Metro Atlanta has a lot of the ingredients that it takes to put this ecosystem together. And real quickly, and I love the question from Brett uh, about from a father as a father of a gamer. So we'll get to that. But real quickly, just to, to orient everyone to the different businesses, there are publishers that make games. An example would be High Res Studios or Blue Mammoth. There are professional teams, just like your Falcons or your Braves. And we have many in Atlanta that play those games there are event organizers like my new company, Skillshot Media, that put on leagues and games. And then those are, of course, supported by distribution where people watch the games and also by brand sponsors. So a Coca-Cola might sponsor a team so that consumers watch it on a platform like Twitch. So there's a lot of different companies involved, and we're fortunate that we are seeing all of these companies be present in Metro Atlanta. Thanks, Todd. And um, as usual, man, uh, just a thorough background in your history here with uh, esports has just been incredible, not just for me, but for the state. So first off, I want to give you kudos for all the stuff you've been doing, man. It's amazing. And Brennan, the same to you. Um, let's talk about the educational aspect here, and then you can uh, kind of move into kind of maybe talk about the film academy a little bit, and then definitely we want to hear about your program at Georgia State. Yeah. Um, I, I'll just uh, start with saying that. Um, and again, I, I saw Britt's chat in there about his 13 year old son uh, who spends an inordinate amount of time uh, playing video games. 
97% of people between the ages of 13 and 17 um, play some sort of video game. So that kind of gives you an understanding. That's Pew Research, by the way. So when we look at that from a collegiate aspect, you know, we've got um, the growth in, in collegiate esports has been phenomenal over the course of the past couple of years, especially the past couple of years. But as of 2019, according to a tally by ESPN, more than 100 varsity esports programs could be found on college campuses. That was 2019, 100 official esports, varsity esports. But then within a year, because of COVID, now there's this almost 200 varsity programs. So within a year, that's the type of growth we've seen. And back in 2014, it was the Robert Morris University in Illinois that started an esports uh, varsity team in 2014. Now we've seen that growth come up to over 200 programs in the country. And a lot, a lot of them are associated with the National Association of Collegiate Esports, NACE, which is what GSU belongs to. But when I talk about the program itself specifically, and Asante, if you don't mind, if, if I can talk about the esports program first, and then if, if we could talk more about the educational aspects or the direction we're going with industry, that would be great. So um, could I just, uh, could we just roll that, uh, the video that we have on GSU esports, just to give people um, just an idea of what we're doing? GSU Esports is, uh, well, we're currently, like everyone else, a little unsettled by the COVID-19 pandemic, but unlike traditional athletics, or possibly like traditional athletics, I don't know, we are still competing. Um, Not in person, obviously, but online. This upcoming spring, our major events are going to be the NECC for Overwatch. Uh, Our Hearthstone team is competing in NACE, that's the National Association of Collegiate Esports, and then our League of Legends team is competing in the College League of Legends tournament run by Riot Games. Uh, So that's what's on on the docket for us. Um, Also coming up is our Spring Pantheline tournament, which this spring will be held on April 10th. So that gives you a little tease as to our program itself. I'm going to, I'm going to put up a, um, a couple of slides just to talk to you about the program. And then uh, we can talk a little bit more about um, educationally what we're doing with the industry. Um, let me see if I can get that up here. Can everybody see that? Is that up? Okay, great. Um, so just to, just briefly, just the esports program at Georgia state, um, we have varsity teams and we play, these particular games, League of Legends, Overwatch, Smite, Hearthstone, Super Smash Brothers, those are the ones we're pl- currently playing. Um, we have $30,000 in scholarships per year. Um, we have had two national championships in Smite and five state championships. Um, the competition, really, we, we play in a couple different leagues. Our big one, our big one that we are associated with is National Association of Collegiate Esports, which Todd can talk about a little bit later and his association with them, but they do a great job. And getting everyone together um, nationally. Georgia Esports League is another one that we, that we, uh, work, we work with quite a bit. TESPA, uh, Riot, and American Video Game Leagues. These are all leagues that we, that we work with throughout the year for competition purposes. The big thing with us is um, we have a Pantherland tournament that we do each year. And we started this a couple years ago. Um, 2017 was the first year. 2018 was the, 2017 was the first year. And um, again, well, if you look at these stats right now, we're doing it online for, uh, in COVID in 2020, we had, uh, eight games online, 200 competitors, 2,500 viewers, since we couldn't do anything in person and $5,000 in prices, prizes, 
The in-person, which we did in 2018, were eight games, 140 competitors, 400 attendees, and then 2,000 viewers. So obviously, as we get out, move out of COVID, we look forward to doing both a hybrid of doing online games as well as online gaming, as well as an in-person game. <laughs> this is the phenomenal thing about esports, and this is the biggest one that I want to show you, is the growth in collegiate esports. 2017, we started with 12 players. We had $12,000 in scholarships because each player gets $1,000 for the scholarship per scholarship and had 30 competitors uh, with Pantherland and 100 viewers. NACE membership schools were up to 40 at the time. Flash forward to 2021, where we are now. If you look at GSU Esports, we have 30 players now on our team that are, that are, that are varsity players. With That's $30,000 in scholarships. Pantherland competitors have over 200 and 2,500 viewers. And NACE membership is up to over 200, 200, which is phenomenal growth within a three-year period now that we're just starting our fourth year. So that just kind of gives you an idea as to, um, as to just the, the, the phenomenal growth within GSU itself. If we look at it from the perspective of universities, this growth is continuing to happen throughout campuses. And the, you know, we're just lucky at GSU to recognize that CMII, which I, I'm the executive, executive director of, um, we, we're here and we have programs in game design, game development. And so it really fits nicely into, into the Institute as to what we believe in and what we're doing. And we're just, you know, looking forward to, um, seeing more growth within our own, uh, esports program, as well as, um, we're building a convocation center, which will house, you know, basketball tournaments and, and athletics, but also it's, it's specifically being, um, developed for esports. So we'll be able to have larger esports tournaments the next couple of years in a larger space, so people can take advantage of that because as we see it, the growth is just going to be exponential over the next couple of years, which is phenomenal. And it really shows to, to us, you know, we were one of the first in the game, you know, in 2017, as far as larger universities. And we've just had a lot of, um, a lot of positive, um, a lot of positive things coming out of students wanting to join. It is one of our big things that when we have students tour, they want to see our esports program, what that, what that's all about. So it's, it's really uh, shocking and surprising to me coming from a film and television environment to see all of this play out when you see, you know, when you go to these tournaments and you see thousands of thousands of players um, and, 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 and audience members that are so into this. And yet the analogy that Todd said was exactly what, what I, what I said is what I, what I believe is that if you play these games, as we played football, baseball, you know, sports in high school or junior high, you, have, you, you play these games, you want to see other professionals play the game. And so all these students, 97% of the students are actually playing, you know, games online. They want to see professionals do it. And so at this point, they want to, they want to see their, their uh, they want to see how to excel their game, but also just to see people that are doing it. So it's a natural progression into, into esports. I'll, I'll leave it there. Sorry, Asante. Wow, that was great, Brennan. And um it's really exciting what's going on on the college level there, man, and what's happening, you know, not not obviously in globally, but really what's happening here in Georgia on that level. And right, did, have you guys sold the naming rights to the stadium yet, to the new stadium? Not yet. No, it, it's it's in discussion, and I can't say anything more, but ah, we're, we're, clearly we're, we're excited. We're excited about it. I think we'll, on that, huh? we'll, yeah, no, we'll, <laughs> we'll definitely have something that'll be good. And, uh, you know, it's just it'll be great to have a venue that can be specific to esports. Because one thing, and Todd can explain this more, is the the venues for these. Again, in the U.S., it's it's not as a, we see it with DreamHack or some of these other larger tournaments that we have. But in Europe and Asia, 
these venues are in these stadiums where they're attracting tens of thousands of viewers in the stadium to watch people play games. And it's a great, it's a great environment to come and watch, take your kids and see what's going on. Um, it really is. It's a lot of fun. So. Oh, and that's a, I think a great transition too. We talked about what's going on here in Georgia from amateur, which even Todd could probably talk a lot because I know he's still involved with a lot of that as well to college level, college athletes, college scholarships to professionals um, Todd, maybe you could talk a little bit about kind of all three and, uh, you know, especially what you guys have done now, bringing in a professional team here, which is also incredible, too, because I think a lot of folks don't know that the growth here in gaming, animation in these places has been so much organics, you know, so I was just really excited to see how you were able to, I'm trying to use this word, I hope it's right, amal- amalgamate <laughs> all of these uh, these Georgia stalwarts into actually investing in a professional team here. So I, as you guys know, I think that that's so important for us as we move forward to even happen in the film and the music side is we got to build a lot of this stuff organically here in state. And I think you have been uh, ahead of that curve a lot and helping build that here. So that's a lot, man, but I know you can handle it. Go ahead. <laughs> Thanks. Well, well, yeah, I mean, my background on the game development side, high res was, was Georgia grown, you know, it, it started small and, and continued and, 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 and kind of planted and made out of Georgia, made some great games. And, and we're seeing that happen all over esports. So before I talk about the pro side of it, I do want to, I want to hit one of Brett's questions just so that we don't get it, because I think, We've talked about the economic impact. So people, they're probably still scratching their head, but maybe they'll take our word for it that this is big. This is starting to rival traditional sports, and, and it is. But but is it also, um, is it good for the world, right? And honestly, the reason I started Skillshot is because I firmly believe it is when it's implemented the right way. So again, as another analogy, you get you might watch football on TV, but as a parent, you know, if your kid was really into playing chess because it's a mental, intellectual sport, you would probably encourage that chess playing as long as it didn't interfere with their other responsibilities that you set as a household, like their grades or maybe getting outside every once in a while. And the same thing if your kid played a traditional team sport, if they were playing soccer, right? And so, the way I have seen firsthand esports when it's delivered the right way, it's all the benefits of a mental challenge like chess and all the benefits of a traditional team sport like soccer or football. So that's what I see firsthand are the benefits that young people get when they're on a varsity team at Georgia State in Brennan's program or when they're in high school and maybe they're a little bit on the fringe, maybe they're not that traditional athlete, maybe they're not that engaged in school, but now their passion for video games that they're going to play anyway actually lets them put on a jersey and play on behalf of their high school. And now the whole team is cheering them on and they're winning a, a high school championship in for the state of Georgia, right? And so it is this engagement and positivity around teamwork, communication skills, as, as long as it's delivered the right way. So that's what I see with youth. It does ramp up to college. I mean, Brennan shared some of the numbers with you. Those 200 NACE schools that have varsity programs, that is annually $16 million in scholarship today 
for being really, really good at playing video games. And that's not even, that's like a tiny sliver because for every really good player, you have the people around them, right? For every LeBron, you have LeBron's lawyer, social media manager, uh, agent, you know, camera people. And it's the same with esports in college and at the pro level. The players are the small piece. There's an entire club and supporting set of jobs that surround them. And so on a club level, you might have five people that are really good at League of Legends or Smite, but you might have a hundred people in the club that are boosting them and learning commentating and learning video editing and all of these different skills. So that's why I get so excited about it because at the end of the day, it's like gaming attracts kids to STEM and creativity and digital media. And these are the things that create all the jobs that we want in North Fulton and in Metro Atlanta, right? And that can lift everybody up. So once you have that workforce development, it can kind of culminate in the ultimate, which is a professional team, you know, like there's the Falcons, there's the Braves, you know, what do you have for esports? And we're fortunate in Atlanta to have quite a few pro teams. And as you mentioned, I recently worked with some investors to to bring another one uh, to the city. So in Atlanta, we have the Atlanta Rain, which is a great team that plays in the game Overwatch. We have the Atlanta Phase that plays in a different team called Call of Duty. We have the Atlanta Talon that is a division of the Hawks that plays in the virtual basketball game NBA 2K. And now there's a new team in town called Ghost Gaming, which was an organization that was built in Los Angeles. And we worked with some great uh, folks here in Atlanta to basically bring that team to Atlanta and they compete in some of the most popular games out there. They, they play in Rocket League, they play in Fortnite, and we just picked up a squad that plays in a brand new game called Valorant, which is uh, a new game from Riot who makes League of Legends. So really the most popular games right now that are that are out there we're building squads uh to play and that's that's one way an esports team is a little different than a professional team in professional in the US you have a different organization that's playing baseball versus uh football versus hockey in esports it's more common to have the same organization name they all play under ghost but they're different players that play in different games. So in that way, the branding is is more like college, you know, where Brennan's GSU team are all playing uh, as Panthers, right? So it's a little more like that. So anyway, um, super excited that that we got the support from uh, local investors to bring them here, and it's just another piece of the ecosystem. Again, publishers, event operators pro teams, and then the workforce development that Brennan is doing and that we're also seeing in high school. Oh, that was great, uh, Todd. And um, actually, I want to follow a little bit, too, on the workforce development, because I think hopefully we have a lot of parents and we see great questions here. And I want to definitely get to it. Hopefully, maybe this can lead to that question. Um, but, you know, when you're talking about jobs in this space, uh, Brennan, why don't you kind of start, we'll talk maybe Georgia Film Academy and talk about that and, and Todd, just jump in on the opportunities and jobs. I, Asante, I would say that, you know, we, we're, we see esports as a gateway into industries, uh, job opportunities with marketing, media, production, events, 
facility management and broadcasting. And a, 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 a good example of me being kind of thrown off by this because I just wasn't as familiar with esports two years ago when I started. I am now, but just to have, I had a group of students come into my office when I first started saying they wanted to learn more about casting. I thought they said broadcast and I used to be uh, in sports broadcasting in Chicago. And so I, I sat down, I started talking about how to get into television sports broadcasting. And, and they all had this kind of confused look on their face, like, What's this, what's this guy talking about? They said casting. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about casting. What do you mean by casting? And they're like, we want to broadcast. We want to cast for uh, esports games, for games on, on Twitch. And I had never even, I did not know what they were talking about. It was different language. And that's where when we talk about casting, and Todd obviously knows this more than anybody because of Skillshot, but the idea of being able to broadcast these events and these games that opens up a whole new workforce development as far as, you know, what, what students can do. And I have more students here. Yes. I have students that want to play the games, but to be honest in, in the Institute itself, they want to be the producers of the, the casting. They want to, they want to do the events, event marketing. They're looking at all these other areas that are more entrepreneurial and it, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. So what we've done is when we started seeing this um, Georgia film Academy, uh, Jeff Stepikoff at GFA was wondering how could we do more curriculum-based activity around uh, esports, and so fortunately we, uh, you know, we had a good relationship with Todd, and Todd came on board with GFA and CMI and Georgia State University to to start classes that really focus on outside, not just playing games, but also how does the business work and how how do you do that? And then Todd can talk more about that because he's teaching the class right now. But we just started this in the fall of last year. We had 13 students, Todd, and now you're up to 26 this semester. I mean, it, it's really exciting to see that there, there's a there's an avenue, there's a new, uh, just a new a new way of, of bringing students in to a, in the entertainment industry, which is which is what this is. Yeah, I think there's so many cool elements to that. I mean, one, I know esports. I wasn't aware of the Georgia Film Academy until we started working together, but this public private concept of being able to go through a university of a system of Georgia university and be embedded with industry in the case of film, you know, at a, at a Pinewood studio and work alongside professionals. Like that's just an amazing model. And I was excited to apply that to esports and game development. Right. So that's, that's what we're doing now. We have, as Brennan said, it started with 13 kids and, and this semester it's 26 and it's just going to grow where, they're not they're not coming in to play video games you know they're learning about the industry they're learning about how the business side works and then they're actually doing all of the components of putting on a miniature event they're organizing the tournament uh, you know imagine your your NCAA basketball final final four or 64 down to the down to the number 1 organizing a tournament interacting with players putting out a broadcast product that looks like a sports broadcast that has lower thirds, doing commentary, shout casting, as Brennan said. So it's very hands-on experiential. Those are all different jobs or careers that are being opened up. These are pipelines. You know, these are pipelines with many, many different uh, jobs and opportunities there. So that to us really is, is exciting. And then you know, I think what we've seen is we've seen this growth and just in the class going from 13 to 26. Now we look at it, we could, you know, we can broaden this out and offer it at other universities within the state. And it just, it's just yet another area that just uh, we're really excited about, you know, as far as having that growth. And I think eventually we'd like to look toward 
you know, um, a minor in, in esports and you know, eventually a major maybe in, in that, but we obviously we have to take steps to, to do go in that direction. But I think, um, what we're seeing is this industry is just going to, you know, grow even more over the course of the next couple of years. And they, we need people like Todd's company with Skillshot and we need, you know, students that are coming out, um, to learn how to do this because, and they can make a living. This is not, this is something that this is, they can, you know, do quite well for themselves. So I think, you know, to the, to the question, to, to the father, you know, there's a couple areas you could take that. So one is this might be a chance to have a career exploration conversation um, with your son or daughter, right? Around you're into games. Have you ever thought about being on the creation side of the game or of content, you know, making video content, doing social media marketing, you know, kind of a chance to just explore their interest towards programming or being in front of the camera or being behind the camera or, you know, so, so that's one. And then, but for many other young people, um, I mean, this is their passion, the same way you might've grown up with music or you might've grown up with traditional sports, right? This is their passion. So it starts with just being curious about the passion, engaging them in a conversation. The reason games are so are so popular is because unlike film and TV, you're not passive. Every game is built around the idea that you're the protagonist. That is the number one thing that makes a game different as an art form is you make decisions. So it's all about like agency at the end of the day. And that can be harnessed. You know, if if you're doing good at a game, well at a game, it's because you're setting goals. The game is presenting you with a challenge. You're getting the goal checked off and you're presented with a slightly more difficult goal. At the end of the day, that's what makes a game. And you can use that to fuel productivity, you know, in your kid's life, no matter what their goals are, including outside of the game. So I really see that it can be harnessed. You know, a lot of people talk about that growth mindset with young people, you know, it's not fixed the future's up to you. You can accomplish things. And games for a lot of young people are the first taste of that because it's a little miniature world that's safe to explore in and they can accomplish something and be rewarded for it. And I would add community to that as well, Todd, as far as the, you know, we see a lot of students and again, they're, they're, they're building this community online and it's hard sometimes as a parent, as I'm a parent to see that, you know, and our kids be going online, but they have, they have their own community there. They have their own, you know, and so that's, that's a key thing, especially right now in, in the environment that we're in. It is, it really is a form of social media for many young people because it's more interactive, but you also have that connectivity, as you say, especially in COVID times where it's the only way you can connect. And I mean, to the other question out there, this is a chance to, to teach good digital citizenship practices um, because online is, is it can be a scary place for parents and for adults, right? Sometimes it's cruel and, and there's nothing unique to gaming about that. But for many young people, gaming might be their first online experience. So there are, you know, I could do a whole other (laughs) webinar on that for panels, but there are best practices for engaging online that are not unique to gaming. Like don't share your private information and don't take it off the platform and a whole series of things that gaming can just be the excuse to talk about it with your kid where you're not being preachy because you're seeing that they're engaging. So um, I, I think it's a great 
opportunity shouldn't be you know thought of as as a threat but an opportunity to talk about and teach those safe internet lessons wow guys great information um let's go about the next three to five minutes and then we'll take questions from the audience um and then i i mean i think the transition has been incredible i'm talking about curriculum and then that you know we moved into uh you know uh, economic development jobs and everything let's talk about events or you know, for, for, for our viewers, maybe, you know, they have kids that they want to expose or, you know, different things other than Twitch or something. Can we talk about some of the events that, you know, or that they have an opportunity to learn and go attend and stuff like that? Yeah. Brendan, you want to talk about Pantherland and then sure, I'll, I'll hit DreamHack and a couple others? Exactly. I'll pitch Pantherland. Uh, the, when I had the uh, PowerPoint up um, earlier, we and, and the video we showed um, our uh, Lucas, who coaches our esports team. Uh, we do a we do a Pantherland tournament for every fall and spring here at GSU, and uh, you know what we did have. Typically, this was in person events, and now it's a it's actually uh, um, one that is online, one hundred percent online. So we had to pivot last year very quickly in in March and pivot to, to doing Pantheland online, which we didn't know if would be a success, but we found that there were, there was a, a whole audience, a big audience there for students that wanted to see it. So that's April 10th. And I can get that, uh, uh, that, uh, information or event information to everybody here. Cause I'd love to love for your, your, you or your, or your kids to go online and, and watch it. It's just an opportunity for them to see, um, the tournament, we do uh, broadcast, we do casting and shot casting, and we have a, a group of students. It's all student run. Uh, the students typically will, uh, will cast the various uh, games, and it runs uh, typically about two days um, with, with semifinals and finals. And it's just, it's just a good way to introduce yourself to uh, esports, you know, in that, in that way, and it gives you a better idea. I think that what I that's what I enjoy about it. And, and it, from a collegiate side, it's, it's great. I know that Todd's going to talk about dream hack, which really is like a, a rock star kind of experience, especially if you're not, if you've never done it before. Um, but I think that uh, yes, we'll, we'll get the information to everybody on, on uh, Pantherland, but we have a number of universities, a number of universities around the country that participate. And we work with NACE on that as well. It's just a really good program for us. So Todd, cool. go ahead. Yeah, I'd love to say a few things on events. Uh, number one, if you don't get this and just attending a big major event is will be your aha moment because it is just like whatever your favorite sport is mixed with your favorite concert, that's the energy level. It is audio, visual screens, light show, people screaming, taking thunder sticks and banging them together. You don't know why, but you're caught up in the energy because it's really kind of contagious. So, Dream hack in November, you know, um, vaccine uh, ahead of us. We're all we're all optimistic it will happen. This was a thirty nine thousand person event two years ago. Had been growing at a great clip. This year we'll see, but it'll definitely be an amazing event, which will be middle of November at the Georgia World Congress Center. Make plans to go with your kids, uh, presuming everything is safe, and I think you'll have a great time. Our company, along with some other partners, also hosts a business summit called Esports Summit, which is uh, also, it's basically the Thursday before DreamHack. This is a great way to learn about the business investment side of esports and events because the reason our company was formed, Skillshot, in addition to doing events that have some positive impact, you know, for kids and the world 
is that I believe that this is the next form of marketing. So where companies uh, sponsor corporate events, like we're gathered here together, thanks for, for our sponsors, and of course, sponsor traditional sporting events, sponsoring esports is going to grow as a category because that's where the attention of the youth is. It's it's pretty simple. Um, I'm sorry if you're a fan of traditional sports, but your audience is graying. I mean, I love basketball and I should, I should, cause I'm 53 and that's the average age of the NCAA basketball fan. And it goes up a year, every year, every sport with the exception of major league soccer is aging. And esports is where not, not the 10 year old is it's where the 18 to 34 year old is. And as people start to wake up to this, they're going to want to go where the attention is. And that's an opportunity for the brands that get it and come in early because you'll have a very loyal following. So um, so definitely uh, go to DreamHack. And then the other thing, Asante and team, if we can if we can queue up the video, um, the, the city, you know, the region of Metro Atlanta, because we have all these amazing assets, our stadiums, our airport, all these local operators and teams, we're positioning ourselves, sorry, as my phone rings, we're positioning ourselves to be a destination for the biggest esports events in the world. And this is uh, a little bit about that. I truly believe esports is the future of sports and media, and Atlanta is positioned to lead. This is going to be awesome. You guys ready for today? I think we can do it a little bit better. Atlanta, are you ready? Our mission is to generate sports impact in our entire community by recruiting and hosting major sports events. We've had a great run of traditional sports. A Super Bowl we hope to have every 10 years. The World Cup, we want to have it in 26. But eSports is an annual impact each and every year. So in the spirit of being forward thinking, you know, and, and looking at what's here, what's now, and what's next, we see eSports as that opportunity. We're great at going after the traditional sports. Now let's really start thinking about the future and, and eSports as an industry. And how can we kind of wrap that within our work? Gaming as an industry is massive. It's $140 billion globally. So actually larger than the film industry and the music industry combined. And around Atlanta, we've really seen gaming explode. Atlanta is actually the number one ranked city in terms of a gaming environment. And last year alone, the gaming industry contributed about $750 million in direct economic impact to the state of Georgia. Everything going Atlanta's way. You know, in Atlanta, we do pride ourselves on being forward thinking. We concentrate on that next generation of talent, what's next on the horizon from sports, from economics, from business. Things are changing and that's exciting. And we love to think that we're innovative and that we're thinking about what's new and around the corner. And esports, frankly, a few years ago felt like it was new and around the corner. And now it's here. It's what's now. And we like being a part of that. There's the Bogermat party! Over the last year, Atlanta has led with some of the largest traditional sports events. 
and also in this new emerging form with esports. That's why we're super excited these worlds are coming together in the formation of the Atlanta Esports Alliance. Every city in the country has a group like ours. And from my perspective, being the head of the Atlanta Sports Council, to be the first sports commission in the country to launch an initiative and an entity underneath us that's dedicated solely to the development of esports in our community, I think is fantastic for us as an organization. But to be able to work with leaders like Todd Harris and others, uh, I think is, is just a great opportunity. We can't pass it on. Oh, great video, Todd. And, uh, man, I think that highlights all the great stuff that's coming to the city. And uh, really quickly, I would like to share as well. Again, I'm also with the state. And what's exciting is because of all this activity that's been happening, we were able to actually create a tax credit for the esports broadcasting side. So all of that, like uh, like Brennan and Todd been saying, when you go behind the sets and you see all of the big productions, it's literally just like a TV show to me or, or film. So we are really, as I know now, maybe Todd, still with only ones that still have a tax credit. So I know that question is going to be coming up on the investment side. So watch, I, I definitely want you guys to address that. Um, and then also uh, for game developers, we have the Georgia Game Developer Association, which is a lot of information for for your kids if they're looking on the development side of things. And then we also have obviously a couple of great events from uh, Dragon Con and Momocon that have moved a little bit into this space, but obviously a great showcase as well. So gentlemen, I appreciate each of you for joining us today. Um, I know we have a few questions, so I want to turn the program over to Callie Boatwright, President and CEO of the Greater North Fulton Chamber to facilitate those questions. Thank you. Thank you, Asante. I appreciate it. Gentlemen, that was really, really interesting. And um, Todd, like you, uh, we're the same age. And so I look at this and think um, another sport I have to learn and try to figure out. So that's that's a good thing. But the um, the impact of you saying that this is the future, this is the 18 to 34-year-olds um, and what they're into, I think it's so absolutely astounding that Atlanta is really harnessing this, right? We're on the front end of this. So a couple of the questions to that end that are coming in in our, our Q&A, and you guys have done a great job on the chat, and thank you for putting so many great parent resources in there because, you know, we're all in that mode of, you know, we want to protect our kids, but we also want to engage them. And um, for Todd and Brennan, and since Wellstar is our, our naming sponsor of this series, uh, before this, I always told people when they talked about their kids being gamers or always being on the computer and not going to, you know, they're not going to amount to anything. I've got to get them off the computer. Um, I had a, a robotic surgeon at Wellstar tell us that that was how he got started. He loved all the, the stuff he was doing with his hands. And so the idea of doing robotics and robotic surgery where you're doing those same micro movements. Um, so indeed parents, you know, it's not just this, it, it leads to a lot of great things. So I think, I think it's important that we le- listen and learn and open our minds to all of this. So um, one of the questions, um, how can Georgia stay competitive as being the destination to host and attract esport events to game developers ahead of other states that are already getting involved in the industry? Um, Todd, maybe? Sure. I mean, you got to give credit to Asante and his team and the state for being so forward looking on this industry. Um, We've worked together for a while since early high res. You know, uh, the fact that there is, in fact, an economic incentive through the state credit for game developers, which is um, in the esports industry, the developer makes the game. They they have a lot of power in the value chain because they own the IP. So the fact that 
we have that program is great. And then the fact that we were working together when film and TV incentives were passed to have esports broadcast, as Asante said, qualify. That that second piece is, to my knowledge, unique within the United States. So, um, so those are great programs. We're blessed with the airport. We we have we have venues, you know, from a two hundred person to a eighty thousand. So it's very scalable. There's very few metro areas that can compete for the largest events between our airport and hospitality, hotel accommodations, et cetera. So, so we're in a really good place. I think um, it is mainly about continued emphasis on workforce development, talent development, which is why the GSU work is so great. And I think we're going to see this move into high school and, and middle school. You know, the state of Georgia has passed legislation around computer science being taught in all schools, you know, I, I think within three years, right? That's a huge challenge. It's a challenge to find, I mean, I'm a, a programmer by trade, right? It's it's hard to find teachers. And you. the hardest thing is making sure you deliver it in a way that's interesting to students. And that's what gaming and esports actually does. It, at the end of the day, is the Trojan horse that allows learning to happen by accident. And so I think we're going to see that happen. And if we've got good economic incentives, good business climate, and a great set of talent, and by the way, talent that is representative of the diversity of this region, which other regions can't compete with and is the deserved national conversation we're having right now, like we're in a really, really good place. So that's my optimistic view. I'm sure there's a few asks. I'll I'll give to Asante after the call, but but he's done an amazing job. The state's done an amazing job, and we're in a good place. Agreed, Asante. That. Anything to add to that? Yeah, I, first of all, I appreciate that, Todd. And uh, you know, it's just been it's so exciting is the collaboration that just takes place on our level when we do recruit companies. But uh, Todd's hitting on a major part for the state, which is really exciting. That is the talent. Again, the incentives have been great and have, you know, escalated us to a great level. We're one of the top states now. But what Brennan and our educators have done, uh, and they never get enough kudos from me, because now when we're recruiting companies, it's not as much as even on the incentives. It's about, oh, my God, the talent that you guys have created there. And when they come here and the expectations are kind of here, and then all of a sudden our talent takes it to another level, I just want to give kudos to all of our educators out there and then on the economic development side, again, all of, uh, you know, obviously all over the state was just as exciting what's going on in esports in Savannah, Columbus and all these other places around the state. So I love what what Todd's mentioning, you know, that we can get to those high school and the middle schools. I hope that they're doing our job for us in a few years because the talent is what's driving and creating these opportunities. Thanks, Cal. Yeah, of course. And as the North Fulton Chamber president, my my excitement, my interest is in what's going on here in North Fulton. And so having had the opportunity to tour high res, I think adding to that, because we focus on workforce development as a huge piece of our program of work. But the really great thing when you walk through a high res and see the developers working on the games and, and brainstorming with one another is that it's not just the skills, it's the passion, right? These are people who are incredibly passionate about what they do. And if you can harness that and get them doing that, then you know that's that's the sweet spot. 
And I think that's to, to, you know, a compliment for Todd obviously has been a, a big part of his success. So um, Brennan, you're working with the curriculum at the college level for the aspects of gaming, right? In very different ways. Um, there's a question regarding summer programs, school programs, um, and how maybe we can get you involved or others involved with the youth groups to teach these various aspects. Is that something that you're doing now, mentioning elementary and middle school, obviously? Yeah, in fact, uh, Todd has been uh, getting me involved in a couple of the other organizations that are K through 12 specific. And, you know, obviously we want to reach out to that group or make a bridge. I mean, we're trying to make a bridge to industry already with what, what the programs we're doing. But the bridge to K through 12 or specifically through high schools is so important to, to, to us to, to bring these students in to the program. And, you know, we started just to give you an idea on numbers at CMII. Um, we started with 400 students in 2018, and we're going to have over 1,000 in, in the fall of 21. And these are students that are interested in game development, game design, media entrepreneurship, and all of what that, you know, all of, all of what that means through emerging technology with augmented reality, virtual reality. I mean, we're talking about, when we talk about gaming, I think I look at it in the future of students that are going to be in virtual worlds and, and much more of that, which is going to be even more exciting. And I think we'll add even more to a workforce development. And Callie, if I could add, I just wanted to say that the, you know, the new high school in Alpharetta, you know, which is its entire charter is focused, of course, on working closely with industry, IT, uh, you know, healthcare. There's a few pathways, you know, they will not have a traditional sports team of any kind there. They will only have an esports team. Uh, it's being built when it opens in the fall into a very core part of how they engage their students. So no football team, no soccer team. They will have an esports team. Uh, that's super amazing because Tim Duncan, who's the principal of the Innovation Academy, just posted that he's watching and so excited to join you as part of that endeavor. So, you know, it's 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 ironic that we sit here and we discuss this when in the past we've, you know, looked at, and I heard Dan Corso say it in the video, the Super Bowl or the World Cup and how exciting those things are, but the amount of economic um, in income that it comes to this area and the number of companies that are impacted by it, um, to to your point, Todd, is, is well greater than any of those combined. Um, you know, it's interesting, and I'm going to wrap up with this. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, there's a, a 37-year-old who posted in here, older side of young, which I would argue that that's the younger side of young. <laughs> but, um, you know, he's saying that when he thinks about gaming or thought about it previously, he thought about social disengagement, um, a barrier to developing the, the conversational skill sets. Um, but this has changed the paradigm. And I watched that with my own child um, as he connected with other players in Canada in Italy, I mean, all over the world, right? So this isn't a neighborhood anymore where you're looking at the kids on your block. This is connecting with people worldwide. And by virtue of that, learning that cultural acceptance, Todd, to your, to your point, the diversity, whether it's it's here in your area or not, you're dealing with it all over the world. And I think that's one of the key factors to this, which I, which I absolutely love. Um, gentlemen, unfortunately, we are out of time. And I and I say that with, with all the honesty in the world, I feel like we could do this for another hour. As we conclude the event today, I do want to thank our experts who obviously um, we are very blessed to have here. Asante Bradford with the Georgia Department of Economic Development, Todd Harris with Skillshot, and Brendan Decker with Georgia State University. Gentlemen, you guys were an absolute delight. And you're right, we cannot offer these programs without our sponsors. So again, I want to thank Wellstar North Fulton Hospital and Select Fulton 
for your tremendous support of the chamber. Also, thanks to John Ray with Business Radio X as um, our media sponsor so that we can get this up as we have recorded it. Um, I'll bet you there are a lot of people who share this recording um, with others and and, um, we continue to change that paradigm or that thought process. This does conclude our February Wellstar Monthly event. We have lots of more events planned. Uh, we have our small business success series focused on digital marketing, believe it or not, on March 4th. Um, our Women Influencing Business Networking Breakfast on March 12th. And on March 30th, our Wellstar Chamber Luncheon Series, where we will be hearing from the CDC about all things vaccine and related with the uh, updates there. To register and check out um, any of those events, go to gnfcc.com. And thank you all for joining us today. I hope everyone has a great afternoon. Thank you.